Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Casperance, and this is our latest look at the Minnesota Twins. I'm joined by Rhett Bollinger. And, Rhett, uh, you're down there in Fort Myers, Florida. Pitchers and catchers have reported uh, Twins will have their first workout of the spring on Wednesday. Just uh, set the scene for us there in Fort Myers these first couple of days of camp. Well, I'm here on the very first day of uh, pitchers and catchers reporting here at Hammond Stadium. And the Twins had some informal workouts. They have some, uh, you know, some of the position players are here as well. Uh, guys like Jung Ho Park is here working out early. Uh, Jorge Polanco is out here early. Uh, shortstop uh, Ingo Vialma is here as well. Robbie Grossman. Uh, the pitchers are all here. They came in and, you know, checked in. Uh, Glenn Perkins is going to throw uh, his, his first bullpen since his, uh, since his surgery today. Is kind of what the big plan is for him. Um, but, yeah, a lot of organizational meetings. I think the new front office, led by Derek Salvi and Fab Levine, is having a big uh, meeting with a lot of their coaching staff today to get everybody on the same page. Uh, so today it's kind of one of those informal days where everyone has to kind of just show up and check in. And then on Wednesday, once they all have the full workouts, we'll see the pitchers throwing bullpens and kind of get right back into the, you know, the full spring training uh, mode. Uh, you mentioned Perkins. He had to postpone that bullpen session a, a couple of days, but I, I imagine just you know, his, his return from shoulder surgery will be a uh, story to watch throughout the spring camp. Definitely, yeah. Something to monitor. Uh, you know, it's a surgery that's um, you know, a very tough one to come back from, to come back from a torn labrum like that, especially when it came off the bone the way that it did. Uh, it, it leads you know, to a tough recovery. But uh, the good thing is that his you know, first bullpen is supposed to be on Friday. It got pushed back to Tuesday, which is today. Uh, so only, you know, three, four days pushed back, not too big of a deal. Um, he said he threw yesterday off flat ground and it felt pretty much the best he had. So uh, as much as Friday was a little bit of a, you know, a setback in a sense, um, it was a very minor one, if you even want to call it a setback. So a, a good sign, but you're right, definitely going to monitor it. You don't really know how it's going to go. I'm sure he's going to be eased into the role in general. Probably won't be pitching back-to-backs at all in spring or even early in the season. Uh, we could see him go on the DL to open the year. Uh, but at this point, it's so early that, you know, we'll see how it goes. But the good news is, is he scheduled to throw his bullpen today? And, and, and yesterday, from what I've heard, uh, he's done a lot better over the weekend since Friday. Uh, Red, since we last spoke, uh, Byung-Ho Park was surprisingly uh, designated for assignment, and we know that's the kind of thing that could happen with a new front office group. They just value players differently. Uh, but it was certainly a surprise uh, for a guy who just a year ago was signed to that four-year deal. And then maybe equally surprising, he cleared waivers. Uh, nobody claimed that contract. Uh, you know, there's even some speculation clubs uh, – might uh, like the White Sox, for instance, within division, they don't even have uh, much much to speak of at DH at the moment. But 
Uh, what can you tell us about Park's situation and, uh, and how he slots in there now, and, and what was the thought process behind making that move? It was definitely surprising, as you said. Uh, you know, Park was a pretty big signing for them a year ago. You know, paid a $12 million posting fee and $12 million over four years, essentially. Uh, $12.85 million over four years to sign him. And last year, obviously, he didn't go to plan. He had 191, showed some power, but end of the year at AAA, had the hand surgery as well. So in some senses, you know, the Twins, I think, believed he was not going to get claimed. Uh, so in some ways, even though it wasn't surprising, nobody had a flyer on him. Uh, the Twins kind of thought of it kind of a, a strategic move in a sense. They thought that he'd be the guy probably least likely to be claimed if they put him out on waivers just because he still has three years left on that contract. Um, and so there is a risk. You know, and coming off the hand surgery, you just don't really know, uh, you know, what you're going to get from him in some senses just because last year didn't go quite the plan, didn't really handle the transition in terms of, you know, the velocity, that kind of stuff uh, too well. Um, but I still think there's a lot of potential there. I mean, he showed a lot of power last year. Uh, look at Statcast, some of those, um, you know, home runs he hit, and, and, and even just some of that average velocity. I mean, he's one of the hardest hitting, you know, guys even in baseball in terms of exit velocity. So when he spreads it all up, he hits the ball about as hard as anybody. It's just one of those things where he's got to figure out how to be more consistent in terms of, you know, making contact, cutting down those strikeouts, uh, things like that. But this kind of gives him a little bit of you know, a chance maybe that maybe he'll go Triple A again to start the year out. He's going to compete for a job at DH with Kenny's Vargas. But probably more likely to end up at AAA, which maybe give him a little bit of a chance to kind of, you know, clear his mind and kind of get going there. Because um, the potential's still there. The Twins have been under contract for a few more years here. So um, we'll see how it goes. He's here at camp early. He took it all in stride. Obviously wasn't, you know, pleased the fact that it happened. But I think he understands, that, you know, why it did. And I think he knows he has to get better. And uh, he's handled it pretty well. Well, Park, of course, joins the uh, group of non-roster invites in, in camp. And, um, some interesting guys uh, kind of jump off the page there. Craig Breslow, uh, of course, was just brought into the fold here recently uh, since we last spoke. Uh, there's a veteran bullpen presence. Ryan Vogelsong, a veteran rotation presence. But it could be those guys. But, but who jumps out to you, Rhett, as far as uh, the non-roster invites are concerned? I think both those guys definitely do. Um, I think more so probably Breslow. I think Breslow's got a good chance if he can show that uh, his new arm angle and everything is, is, is working. I think the change will see kind of how it goes in spring. Um, but with his veteran leadership and his just, you know, overall, uh, you know, how long he's been in the league, I think we'll give him a little bit of a leg up to potentially make the, the bullpen there as a situational lefty. Uh, we'll see how that goes, though. I, I think that uh, Chris Jimenez is also another guy to watch as a catcher, uh, someone that is familiar with both, uh, you know, Derek and Sad in the sense that he played for both the Indians and the Rangers and is known for kind of his defense and really hits uh, left-handed pitchers pretty well. So it's going to be a pretty good combo with Jason Castro, although the Twins also do have John Ryan Murphy uh, as well and, and Mitch McGarver, a prospect who could compete for that spot as, as well. Vogelfong will definitely be uh, competing for a spot in the rotation to start out. I think it's more likely he'll end up as a long reliever if he does make the team, but I do think he has a chance. Another guy who's been around for a long time and it's kind of seems that veteran leader. That was kind of one of the big things for the Twins this offseason was trying to get some veteran guys in that clubhouse, and I think they did that with you know, Matt Lyle kind of you know, fits that mold as a reliever. He's 37, he's been around. Uh, you know, for a long time, and, and Castro fits that ball as a catcher as well, who's considered a team leader. So I think that's kind of been one of the big things. I think those are kind of the, the big names. You know, J.B. Shucks here as well, a couple other, you know, outfield candidates, uh, Ben Paulson. There's, there's definitely a lot of non-roster guys here, um, and including top prospects, guys like Nick Gordon, you know, Stephen Gonsalves will be fun to watch. Uh, but in terms of making the club, I think Jimenez and Breslow are kind of two of the guys to, to really watch. So, Rhett, uh, since we last spoke, Baseball Prospectus came out with their Pakoda projections uh, in advance of spring training, and those are always a subject of great discourse in our game and, uh, and always a subject of great arguments, too, sometimes. But the Twins uh, certainly stood out as a surprise uh, in the projections just because they lost 103 games last year. 
and Pakota likes him to go 80 and 82, which obviously is not uh, postseason worthy, but would be a, a pretty substantial improvement from last season for a club that didn't make uh, you know many winter splashes uh, outside the Jason Castro contract. So, what did you think of the uh, the 80 and 82 projection for the Twins? I did see that, and I was uh, you know surprised, just like anybody else. When you, you know, he loses many games he did last year, 103 losses, but I think. You know, this team in general, I think, I think I don't think anybody saw the 103 losses coming last year. I don't think anybody really thinks that group of players was a you know 103 loss team in a sense, because uh, a lot of the same guys that were on that team the, the year prior, you know, that, that won 83 games. Um, and I think this roster is, is kind of similar to that team as well. It would, would it would still be a surprise though, because it's just it's so many wins to jump up into that category. Um, but if it does happen, it would be great for this organization because I think, you know, I think they'd love to go close to 500 again and kind of, you know, get back uh, to you know, a little bit more relevancy. And then from there, maybe, you know, next year uh, really kind of be, you know, in, in the race there and kind of be in the hunt and be kind of really going at it in terms of being competitive. Um, I think this winter, the, the front office kind of took some time to really, you know, do some, you know, interorganizational just, you know, planning and just kind of seeing what they have, you know, within this organization in general, whether it's within the front office or, Player-wise, I mean, I think there's been a lot of self-analysis, I guess you could say. I think from there, they kind of want to build up, the, build up the roster from there as they go along. Um, but if this young team, I think the big thing, you know, I know the Pocotas, they love Byron Buxton and Sano and Kepler and these guys. And if these guys can take that big step forward, uh, it's going to be key. But the big thing, too, is the pitching. You know, we know last year they had the worst ERA in the majors. And even if these young guys that are on the offensive side have great years, it's not going to matter unless they pitch. So uh, you got to count on veterans, though, like Irvin Santana, Phil Hughes, you know, Kyle Gibson, Hector Santiago to kind of carry the load in that rotation. Um, and stay healthy is a big thing, too. Um, but so I, I can kind of see where they're coming from in terms of, you know, the projections. Uh, I also saw Fangraphs, I think, had them right around 74 wins. Might be a little bit more realistic, realistic just in terms of the jump in the amount of wins they had last year. But at the same time, it wouldn't you know, shock me if they could be close to 500 just because I think they have a good young core here uh, that's kind of learning how to win. And I think that once they kind of get back on track here, I think last year on 0-9 just kind of set them in a sort of spiral. I think if they can have a better start this year, I think we can see a much better uh, Twins team than we did last year, that's for sure. Yeah, one thing that, that kind of stands out about the Bakota thing is, and they have them projected as one of the best defenses in the majors in 2017, and, and who knows? I mean, we, we don't know how to properly, uh, you know, evaluate defense that has actually happened, let alone defense that hasn't happened yet. But I think that does speak to, uh, you know, if there's, if there's an area where they can certainly improve on last year, especially late in games, and we saw them give up some games late, you know, because of the defensive effort. But it, but it seems like that's where what little the Twins did, and I'm talking about the Jason Castro signing here, I mean, if that makes the, the tangible impact on the defense that they expect, in addition to a full season in the outfield of, you know, Kepler, Buxton, Rosario, um, you know, all good defenders, I mean, that, that could be a, a substantial area for improvement right there. Exactly. And the big thing will be then, really, will be to see how will Miguel Sano handling at third base and how yeah. Jorge Blanco being, you know, being a shortstop. That's kind of the two big keys here. Because, right, the outfield defense, if Rosario makes the team as a left fielder, uh, you know, Rosario, Kepler, Buxton really will be one of the best outfields, you know, in baseball in terms of the range. All three of them have great arms, too. I know uh, we had a story on Statcast saying the Twins have the best outfield arms in baseball as well. Uh, we know Dozier's a good defender at second. Mauer's turned out to be a really good defender at first. Castro's great behind the plate. Um, and if they go with, you know, whoever's going to be behind them with them, it's going to be pretty solid, too. Murphy's considered a pretty good defender. Jimenez, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where it's going to be up to Polanco to prove that he can play short and, and to know that he can play third. I mean, we know that Sano has athleticism to do it and the arm especially. Uh, it's just those little things, the mistakes that he makes uh, that kind of end up kind of costing him a little bit. And Polanco, we don't really know yet if he has, you know, the full tools to be, a, you know, an everyday shortstop, but we're going to find out. He can definitely, 
hit for sure, I think, and I think that he's, you know, potentially be at least an adequate shortstop. Uh, but because of that, they brought in uh, Ehi or Adrianza, who played with the Giants the last few years and uh, claimed off waivers from the Brewers. He's considered a top defensive shortstop. They also have uh, Ingel Vialma, who's a top defensive shortstop prospect, uh, who could maybe figure in at some point here too defensively. So I think the new front office understands how important uh, defense is to pitching, and, and even like with Castro too, the you know the pitch framing and everything. They know that the overall staffy array isn't just because of the pitchers. They know the defense plays a role in that. They know even the pitch con. There's so many different factors that go into that, even bad luck sometimes. Um, I think that they know that with a better defense behind these pitchers, it's going to give them a better chance. It's just going to be up to that left side of the infield, I think, to kind of prove that they can handle it. And if they can't even be adequate on that side there, I think we've seen much better defense and, as a result, much better pitching. All right, Rhett, thanks for doing this. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free at-bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.